Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. You look at the video, walk the dinosaur, and can get past the girls who are dressed up like bad Flintstone knockoffs who are trying to do this line dance thing. (laughs) There they are. They're right there in the video. And after that, Don becomes a highly sought-after producer. But yep, where he started? Open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. I'm Joe Burns. Go ahead, kiddo. Give your name there. Tammy Burns. All right. Good enough. Uh, a while back on April 11th, 2017, John Warren Giles Jr. was found dead in his home of natural causes. He was 71 years old. John Warren Giles, can you do it? Yep. Jay Giles Jay Giles, right, of mm-hmm. the Jay Giles band. Uh, upon hearing of his death, I like to go on Facebook and sort of say thank you to people who die. And we always, at the end of the year, make a point of doing a show, basically saying thank you to all the musicians who pass away that year. And, and of course, he'll come up in that show. But uh, a buddy of mine, Richard Sheffield, who's trying to still get over the loss of the Atlanta Falcons from the Super Bowl. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah, Easy now. Rub it right. Right, salt in the wounds. Uh, he he wrote me this thing and he said, the Jay Giles band, even uh-huh. though it's called the Jay Giles band, it's not really centered around Jay Giles, is it? It's Peter Wolf out front. Jay Giles wasn't even one of the main songwriters. He didn't even write, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He yeah. didn't write uh, many of the songs, yeah, right? Yeah, Seth Justman, the guy on the keyboard, was really the most prolific songwriter of the band. But Jay Giles, still the one who passed away, Jay Giles band, but Jay Giles wasn't the one out front. And he shoots me this email. He says, were there any other bands that were named after a person that really wasn't the focal point of the group? Maybe, I guess what you could say, wasn't the singer of the group. Right. If you were to say, you know, Van Halen. Well, blatantly, the lead singer of Van Halen must be Van Halen. Nope. No, it nope. wasn't, as a matter of fact. It, it, in fact, that's such a confusing concept that it, when Van Halen was just getting started, they were getting themselves booked at a place on the Sunset Strip uh, called Gazzari's, and Ben Gazzari, that owned Gazzari's, thought that David Lee Roth's first name was Van. <laughs> right. And that the two brothers, their last name was Halen. Cool. So Had to be. Huh? Right. He called David Lee Roth Van for like a year because it was inconceivable that they would name the group after somebody that wasn't sort of the lead, which is what we're going to talk about today. How many groups are there where they named themselves after a person in the group that really wasn't the lead singer or wasn't the person who was in the spotlights and we'll start with the jay giles band we'll come back and believe it or not i got a list as long as my arm and i have a really long arm yes, ladies do. and gentlemen so jay giles band as we talk about bands that aren't named after the front guy here on rock school 
Rock School Radio Show. We're talking about bands that are named after sort of a, I hate to say secondary member of the group, just not a member of the group that's right out there in the spotlight. Yes, the young lady with her hand up over I there. Have a, yes, I have a question, teacher. Yes, dear. Go right Actually, ahead. Actually, it's not a question. It's more of a, a, a statement or a comment. An overt statement. Yes, My go gosh, ahead. My gosh, I love how you take any subject yes. and you wrap it around and it always comes back to Van Halen. I can work Van Halen into a it's muffin like, it's recipe. It's like Kevin Bacon, isn't I it? I know. The seven degrees of the Van Halen brothers. I know I can do it. Nicely done. Thank you. Slash's Snake Pit. You would think that Slash would be the the lead person, the singer, the whole spiel. I hope so. And I guess maybe when you go see Slash's Snake Pit or when you went to see them, that's the group, you know, that's the guy you went to see. But in reality, Eric Dover was the person who was singing. that's disappointing. Yeah, you would think that Slash would have sang. I don't know, maybe he doesn't want to or, or can't. He is shy. How about this? Cool in the gang. Gotta be Ron Cool Bell out front singing, doesn't it? No, right? no, 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 no. He plays bass. More than likely, it's uh, J.T. Taylor out front singing when you were seeing them. At least during the time when the big hits mm-hmm. were being done. Ronald Bell was Ronald Bell, Cool and the Flames in 1967. And then in 1969, changed their name to Cool and the Gang to avoid confusion with James Brown's famous flames. Are you that big? that you had to stop calling yourself something to not be confused with James Brown's group. Uh, They got signed up with Gene Red and his new Delight Records in 1969. It wasn't until 79 that James J.T. Taylor joined up as a lead singer, but when he did, that's when all of the major, major hits. It was beautiful. But they kept the name cool in the gang. And and the thing is, you think, well, why? Is it just a cool starter dip? No, before then, uh, before J.T. Taylor came along, Cool actually did sing some of the songs, not all of them. The one you may know him singing is Jungle Boogie. Oh, yeah. So this is Cool Bell out front, but for the big hits... It's not. And I like me some Jungle Boogie. And you so gonna I'm going to play? Of course. Thank yeah. you. Here you go. Three minutes of pure bliss on Rock School. Get down. Talking groups where the real big name isn't the one out front in the spotlight. How about the Jeff Beck group? Now, Jeff Beck, people know. Yeah, right? they, they do. can point to Jeff Beck. Right. But the Jeff Beck group, obviously, Jeff Beck was famous from the Yardbirds. When you saw the Jeff Beck group, and I mean the, the group that was from his first two albums as the Jeff Beck group, you had Rod Stewart out front. And even then, you know, you think to yourself, the second most famous person in the Jeff Beck group had to have been then Jeff Beck, yeah, right? Yes. Well, then probably Ronnie Wood probably got the most FaceTime because then he went on to be part of the Rolling Stones. So the third most famous person was probably one of the rotating drummers that went through. Nah, that can't be. It's probably going to be Jeff Beck in third place. But then again, in the Jeff Beck group, then you've got these guest stars. Paige was 
was on rhythm guitar in some of them. John Paul Jones came in. Keith Moon played drums. Nicky Hopkins came in on piano. So, I mean, Jeff Beck surrounded himself with major people, but it was really Rod Stewart, and, and some people will, might fight with me on this, that Jeff Beck really was the reason you went to see the Jeff Beck group. But Ronnie Wood... When you say to somebody, name a the guitarist out of the Jeff Beck group, they yeah. may say Jeff Beck because his name's in there, but Ronnie Wood oh my goodness. is the one that most people would, would, I guess, would know quicker because of his association with the Rolling Stones. So Jeff Beck kind of got regulated back three spaces. He always you know? seemed like the kind of guy who didn't want to be up front anyway. I'm surprised that they, they called the band. The Jeff Beck band. It's it's his you know? band. It was his band. I know, he but put why not? Together. Why not just make up another name? Like Derek and the Dominoes. Like the Intruders, or you yeah. know, the, <laughs> the, the Silencers, the Leave Us Aloneers. Oh, I like the Leave Us Aloneers. Yeah. Let's make a band, and just so we can call ourselves the Leave Us Aloneers. Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Now, Richie Blackmore was with Deep Purple, right? So he gets out and creates this Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. And the thing is, again, when you went to see Rainbow, it's entirely possible you went to see Richie Blackmore, but he was the guy relegated off to one side and was doing all the real neat guitar work. The thing is, he always had some big voice out front, and each one of the big voices then had a big hit attached to the voice yeah. like the first voice was Ronnie James Dio and that was the voice behind Man on the Silver Mountain then Graham Bonnet comes in and he's the he has really the I guess the signature rainbow song since you've been gone and then after that there's Joe Lynn Turner and he has the song Stone Cold so even though it's this rotating door of singers each one of them is as well known as the song that they sing. And I might be stretching a bit because, again, I put those two together, the Jeff Beck group and Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. I don't think you're stretching. Because he wasn't, the guitarists weren't the ones in the spotlight. Right. It was the singers. So that will kind of weird, one. huh? And again, I think You know, that I didn't it's... think it was weird until you started making me believe it was. See, there you go. And I, now it's not right. I, Why was it named what it was named? I gave you the bullet to shoot me with. Ah. There you go. I think that the, the signature song for Rainbow is Since You've Been Gone. You may not, I do. It's Graham Bonnet, it's Rainbow on Rock School. First break here on Rock School. I don't want to give too many, you know, because I could list lists, but I want to make sure I got enough to go the whole way through the show. So here in the first break, I'll just list two for you. Ready, ready, ready? Ready. Montrose. The group Montrose? Yeah. Okay. No. Well, the band originally featured Ronnie Montrose. He was a, a session guitarist, sort of a hired gun type guy. And you might know him because he played on Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. Right. He was the guitarist on there. But he wasn't the lead singer. Well, he wasn't the lead singer. Any idea who the lead singer of Montrose was? Oh, oh you gosh. know him. I, no, no. No, I can't spit it out. Sammy Hagar. 
You didn't know that. Oh, oh my gosh. You know what? I What's didn't want to know that. Bad Motor Scooter. I'm not uh, a Sammy girl. Rock Candy would probably be the ones you I'm might know if you person. heard it. How about Fish? And David. Huh? How about Fish? Fish. Yeah. As in P-H-I-S-H. Now, most people know the the idea that Trey Anastasio is the lead guy of Fish. And I say the lead guy. I mean, they're all great musicians and the drummer really is someone to look at when he comes out on stage but really trey is the person out front the band however is named after the drummer john fishman so there's does that one fit because i mean it is named after the drummer but he's not the guy out front singing and all of that i think it fits as good as any other thing that you're doing but still Absolutely. the drummer is a show in and of himself when fishman comes out i mean he wears moo moos and kind of acts a little goofy and it's fun to see him as well but no he's not the person at the microphone they wouldn't want anyone leading they <laughs> they would all be leading together for I, fish wouldn't they i guess so yeah i guess so who's listening to us Ooh, who is listening that would oh, be you put the piece of paper down is now. what you did go ahead Hold it forever. Yeah. K-R-F-Y in Sandpoint, Idaho. Superb. Catch us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show. Like us. You really like us. You really like us. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Out of the break, let's talk about a band that had a little bit of regional success, then changed their names, and they become this group that fits the category of the show, where the person whose name is at the top of the group isn't really the lead singer. They started as the Charlemagnes in New York. Okay. Boy, it sounds like I should know the Charlemagnes, doesn't do you, it? Do you know the Charlemagnes, or do you know Steely Dan's song "Kid Charlemagne"? That, is that? Thank you. Is that thank where? Thank you. Is, that's yes. That's the dopamine release oh I just gosh. gave hang you. Oh my gosh! Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Oh. Yes. Ah, so much better. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what happens is the Charlemagnes uh, are out of New York City, and they join up with Gamble and Huff. This is the Philadelphia Soul Writers, and they have this sort of cavalcade of stars. Well. When the Charlemagnes go ahead and sign up with Gamble and Huff, another guy by the name of Teddy Pendergrass joins up with them. Yes. And the Charlemagnes renamed themselves Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Blue Notes named after the famous jazz club in New York City. Ta-da! Now we have this hit-making machine. Wow. However, Harold Melvin... Although he was one of the singers, in fact, the lead singer of the Charlemagne, now they've got this guy named Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, and can Teddy sing? Right, and had a, a big solo career as well. But most of the major, major hits for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes were sung by Teddy Pendergrass rather than Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. In fact, the the little bit of research that I did just to find that historical piece of where this band came from states that there is some evidence to suggest that this is the most covered Philadelphia band in history. Really? Is that true? Well, that's what a website said. And if it's on the web, it has to be true. Ladies and gentlemen, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes on Rock School. Wake up, everybody, no more 
sleeping in bed No more back to thinking Time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much From what it used to be There's so much hatred War and poverty Stop treat, stop treat, stop treat, stop treat, stop treat. Wake up, yeah, wake up, yeah, wake up, yeah. Okay, bottom of the hour here on Rock School. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Burns. All right, let me give you another one of these before we get into seven days. How about Fleetwood Mac? Does yeah, that can you do it? it? I think so. Uh, the two, Fleetwood Mac is uh, Mick Fleetwood, and it's not Mac. It's John McVie. Daddy Mac. Right. It's right. It's the Mac Daddy, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, the original Fleetwood Mac was actually Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. So Peter Green was out in front. And then when they were the 1970s hit-making machine, that would have been Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, and the the, the keyboardist, the woman keyboardist. How about, a, how about another Mick? <sighs> Mick V? Because she was married to Mick. Christine McVie. Ah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. By the way, Fleetwood Mac started because of a breakup of John Mayle and the Blues Breakers. Good <sighs> God. Thank you. I Where feel is that so much better. At? I know. I got it. It's, it's, it's a small part of the brain with a bare bulb and a large filing oh, cabinet. I wasn't talking about your head. I know. Continue on. Let's go on for seven days, 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates. May 8th all the way through May 14th. I believe May 8th is Monday. Go. May 8th, 1972. Billy Preston headlines New York's Radio City Music Hall the first rock star to do it. And he was one of the first musical guests on Saturday Night Live. There were two that night, and he was one of the first musical guests. Go figure. May 9th, 2005, Kenny Chesney marries Renee Zellweger for four months. May 10th, 1985, the Go-Go's break up. They will reunite in 1990. Does that mean they went, went? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so lonely. Uh, May uh, 11th, 2004, Willie Nelson leaves touring to get carpal tunnel surgery. May 12th, 1967, Archie Bell goes into the Army. He will have a hit called Tighten Up on the Charts while in a military hospital. And he can dance just as good as he wants. Not that time he couldn't. May 13th, 2008, the Postal Service gives Frank Sinatra a 42-cent stamp 10 years after his death. And finally, May 14th, 1998, George Michael pleads no contest to committing a lewd act in a public restroom. Okay, we got to play something. Spencer Davis Group. From the beginning, Spencer Davis had no intention of singing. He was a guitarist. He recruited a young guy named Steve Winwood to be the voice and the keyboardist of the group. Interestingly enough, there was a bassist whose name was Muff Winwood. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Looked a lot like Steve. Muff Winwood. Muff Winwood. If you're scoring at home, Muff Winwood. He was the bassist, and Peter York played the drums, and that rounded out the Spencer Davis group of a man on Rock School.
Time for one more before the break. Uh, have you ever heard of a band called Echo and the Bunnymen? I don't believe so. No? Pete, no. Pete de Fritas and Ian McCulloch? You've not heard of them? I don't. Lovely. I don't think so. No, Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, it, it works for the topic of the show, as in the name of the person in the band, if you're just joining us. The name of the person in the title of the band is not the person in the spotlight. Echo and the Bunnymen will never work that way because Echo was the name of the drum machine that they used in their early demos. So Echo actually doesn't exist anyway. Oh my gosh. So that's a, that's stretch. a stretch. It is, but it still works with it. So we'll play one more here. The Dave Clark Five. Okay. Okay. Now the Dave Clark Five, very well working for the uh, for the topic. Second British invasion group to hit the Sullivan stage. Do you have any idea? There were five people in the Dave Clark Five. What instrument did Dave Clark play in the Dave Clark Five? Was it the keyboard? No, he was the drummer, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh my yeah. gosh! I had one in five. The uh, vocalist was Mike Smith and also was one of the main songwriters along with the Dave Clark Five. In fact, every time you hear the big, 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 big hits from Dave Clark, that's Mike Smith that's singing them. So, here you go. It's Mike Smith with the Dave Clark Five. Here they come again. Mm-hmm. Catch us if you can. Mm-hmm. Time to get a move on. Mm-hmm. We will yell with all of our might. Catch us if you can. 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 Into the second break, and we found we 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 thought for a second that uh, that Dave Clark was dead. But it almost scared you, huh? Yeah, no, he's, nah, he's, he's not dead. quite alive and still drumming, but apparently there was a 2017 hoax that Dave Clark had died. How did the hoax say he died? It doesn't say. It didn't. Uh-uh. Okay, but the, not true. So if you see that Dave Clark of the Dave Clark Five has died, he is still alive and kicking and yeah, drumming just, and doing these things. Yeah, they just said uh, Dave Clark passed away, was born and gave his date, will be missed but not forgotten. Please show your sympathy and condolences. And send by money. By commenting <laughs> and, and liking on and liking this page. Well, Give me a thumbs up, that? would you? Well, how about that? I yeah, know. of all the people to death hoax. Really, huh? Yeah, well, fine. Fake news, man. How about that? Okay, here's a few more. Mike and the Mechanics. Do you remember them? 1980s band? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike is Mike Rutherford, who was the guitarist and bassist, uh, depending on what needed to be played for Genesis. Well, Mike Rutherford was not the singer of Mike and the Mechanics. That was Paul Carrick and Paul Young. Basically, what it was was Carrick did the ballads and Paul Young handled the kind of the heavier stuff. All I Need is a Miracle. That was their big one. That was by Paul Young. And then there was The Living Years, I think, that was for um, Mike Rutherford's father. Oh, yeah. That was handled. That tore you apart. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was handled by Paul Carrick. Do you remember the song Just the Two of Us, Grover Washington Jr.? Yes, Just the Two of Us. Exactly. Grover Washington Jr. was a saxophonist. It was actually Bill Withers who sang the song. So there. I'll give you one more here. Paul Revere and the Raiders. 
Terry Melcher put this group together that was supposed to be the American answer to the British invasion. Yes. Paul Revere, or the person who called himself Paul Revere, was the keyboardist. Mark Lindsay was the vocalist. So there's three more for you. Go ahead. Take your little piece of paper there as you look for more internet death hoaxes oh, on your I'm in. iPad. Sorry, device. folks. I'm- Go ahead. Who's listening to us? Uh, that's KPVL in Decorah, Iowa. Supreme. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Looking at pictures of Paul Revere and the Raiders. I can't. My eyes can't stop. I know. Look at the pants they used to wear, man. Yeah, they're like yoga pants. They are. And you had to be a very confident young man to wear yoga pants back then. You got you to gotta admit, though, where do you buy boots like that? I don't you, know. The whole outfit, huh? Couldn't just walk into Sears and pick up a pair of thigh-high boots like that. That's <laughs> that's quite a it's quite an accomplishment to find. And the thing is, how many people are in the band? Is it five or six? Oh, yeah. It's fi- uh, five, I see. Is here. it five yeah. people? Okay. Well, that means you had to find five pairs of boots like that and in five different sizes. This is really an accomplishment just to put the van together like that. And there was an Amazon, so right. hey. This next person you have seen in concert okay when we went to see the tribute to dr john you probably remember there was a single bassist on stage who was wearing a big floppy hat sunglasses and had this huge honking beard on him his name was don was and he was the producer of the entire show Don Was started a long while back in a band called Was Not Was. Do you remember that? It, um... Everybody Walked the Dinosaur? That's that right. right. Yeah. Good for you. Well, his real name is Don Faginson, and he was friends with a guy named David Wise. Well, he called, David Wise called himself David Was, and of course, then Don Was. So it was Was, not Was. <laughs> and they were sort of the brains behind it, the producers behind the band, and they recruited a couple of vocalists who were sort of hot shots at the time, and that was Harry Bowens and Sweet P. Atkinson. And if you look at the video, Walk the Dinosaur, and can get past the girls who are dressed up like bad Flintstone knockoffs who are trying to do this line dance thing, (laughs) there they are. They're right there in the video. And after that, Don becomes a highly sought after producer. But yep, where he started? Open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur. Oh, man, and you know everybody what? loved that song. I love that song, and I'm going to play it. Good. So there, here you go on Rock School. Final break here on Rock School. Stop pulling up pictures of Paul Revere and the Raiders. Just, just fun. Yeah, well, you pulled up a picture of them today. 
when when they're all 50, 60-year-old men. Yeah, why don't they wear men. the tights today? Oh, I'm sure they could. I mean, you could probably shoehorn a few of them into it. No. But I can only imagine that the bulges would be in different places these days. Lycra doesn't take care of that much. <laughs> a couple of spanks. Get them oh. in there. Okay, let me just tell you some of the ones I have that I haven't gotten to. Uh, the Bronsky Beat, which was named after Steve Bronsky, who played keyboards. However, Jimmy Somerville was the uh, the lead singer there. Uh, the Robin Trower Group. Uh, Robin Trower, probably best known for the guitar work with Procol Harum. However, uh, I, if, if you're looking for something uh, with him by himself in the Robin Trower Group, probably Bridge of Size would be the one that the non-listener would know. Would you happen to know Bridge of Size, you personally? I don't know no? that one. Okay, well, mm-hmm. James Dewar sang on those. That's all for that piece of paper. Throw it away. Uh, this one's a stretch. Booker T and the MGs, you know, Green Onion. Yes. Well, thing is, Booker T and the MGs were the house band for Stax. So even though it says Booker T, which was the organist, uh, Booker T didn't sing on Green Onion, which was their hit. And since they were the house band for Stax, they were always behind some other person for Stax who was singing. Does that fit? Probably not, but I thought I'd throw that one in there. (laughs) The Plastic Ono Band, which was named after Yoko Ono. Wait, wait, what? What? Yeah, the Plastic Ono Band. That was that was the de facto name of John Lennon's band when he was doing songs, Mother, Working Class Hero, Power to the People, Mind Games, was all recorded under Plastic Ono Band. Again, does it work? John Lennon changed his middle name to Ono. So most people believe it's Plastic Ono Band because of Yoko Ono, not because of John yeah. Ono I Lennon. Gotcha. So, uh, Santana, mm-hmm. that's another one. Santana wasn't the singer. Uh, Greg Raleigh was the singer, really the, the main singer. He's on Oye Como Va and Black Magic Woman. And of course, later on, he, he, Santana, brought in some sort of big guns, hired guns to sing. Most people know from the Supernatural album, Rob Thomas on Smooth. Right. If you, if you didn't know Santana for the early stuff, if you caught him in the new generation, Probably that song Smooth is where you knew him from. Correct. And that kills that piece of paper. Right. And uh, the one we're going to play, you're familiar with the Alan Parsons Project? Yes. Yep. Well, guess what? What? Alan Parsons is not the lead singer. He is really just a producer that brought in much the same way Steely Dan did, although in Steely Dan, you know, the the people of Steely Dan actually sang. Right. But uh, Parsons was really a producer that sort of surrounded himself with just... So it really was a project, this, huh? Right. This tremendous lineup of progressive rock musicians. And normally it was either David Patton or Eric Wolfson that took over the lead vocal concerns. And the one everybody really knows him for is Eye in the Sky. Oh, the yeah. I am the eye in the sky, and that's David Wolfson. Nice. So there you, you go. You can apply that? That's the one we'll finish on. So that wraps it up, just for fun. I didn't have any great thing that would send you away with knowledge of great music. Sometimes stuff. it's just stuff, man. Yeah, you're just going to have some fun with it, so that'll wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. And I'm Tammy Burns. Good. We'll see you next week with another topic. And they're ready to go. Here on Rock School, classes dismissed. Oh.